What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Mr. Miggity Miggity Mac, and with me tonight is my co-host and true love, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D! As you wish. Thank you! Quick reminder, you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook at AdventuresInVideoLand. We are Critics with Attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, but that's, that's, uh, that's not really our style. So we'll try to keep this, uh, what do you say? PG-13. Hmm, just some mild language and artistic nudity. And, and I have to because these are, the world has a shortage of perfect breasts. <laughs> <laughs> also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause this episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Pantheon nomination number 10 for this year, 2020, The Princess Diaries. Nominated by special guest nominator Zach Appleseed. Before we get to any of that, let's let's chat about... Pa Hang on a second. No, let's chat about Pantheon. Let's chat about Pantheon. So, uh... Dr. Diamond Doug, what is Pantheon? Pantheon is... Uh, Pantheon, we've come to... Lean on the phrase, it's the movies that you put on the special shelf. Uh, it, it, they're movies that hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects, and has that special extra something, Ooh, yeah. the X Factor. Um, it is essential viewing, and if it is of a type, it is the best of its genre. If it is... A children's musical about seals. It is the best children's musical on the market. You know it. Let's talk about some previous Pantheon votes. A little quick little rundown. Do a little quick little rundown. Let's do uh, in, in, in chronological order. Started the beginning of the year with Psycho. How'd it do? 8 of 11 made it in. All then right. we looked at The Apartment. Hold Three on. Of... Those, those are both black and white movies. Yes, they are. 3 of 11 Ooh. did not make it Just in. Just missed it. Won't You Be My Neighbor, a documentary. 9 of 11 did make it in. Mm -hmm. Schindler's List. Clean Sweep, 11 of 11. Took them all down. Black and white with a couple little color sections in there. Seven mm -hmm. Samurai, 8 of 11, made it in. Also black and white. Chef, 1 of 11, did not it make a, it in. It was a fun nomination. I enjoyed watching it and talking about everyone it. Everyone who watched it liked it. They just said, it wasn't Pantheon. wasn't Pantheon. Fight Club, 8 out of 11, made it in. Some like it hot, 9 of 11. Black and white as well. Coco, mm -hmm. 9 of 11. The it's, last one did make it in and has all the colors of all the movies that we didn't Coco have so Coco in far. black and white? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's full color. 9 of 11, <clears throat> made it in. Coco is Pantheon. All right, so a little foreplay here. Before we uh, get started talking about The Princess Diaries, uh, what's a kid's movie that surprised you by how much you loved it? You know, um... I could name a couple of these. Uh, Pixar has some fabulous ones sure. that, that that I did fall in love with. Uh, that I really liked The Incredibles a lot. It, it was made, you know, it's it's for kids, but I just I really liked it. Toy Story, it was made for kids, but I really liked it. Up for me, but these are all these are all Pixar. Are there ones that were not Pixar? There was a kids movie that just really kind of mm. hit it for you. Hmm. 
Well, you know what? To be honest, uh, the Princess Diaries for me, like I just, I really loved the film. It really like, is a good movie. I will watch. Like it's my guilty pleasure. I'll watch it whenever, uh, whenever, whenever I get the chance. That one and the second one, and I'm oh. glad that Zach nominated it. And, and you know, the thing about the first and the second one is they tend to blend together in my mind. I always forget which one did the did the paparazzi take pictures of her and yeah. the guy Chris, kissing. Chris Pine's in the second one. Yeah, and then there's the Chris Pine thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know, they they blend together. It's almost like it's just part one and part two of the same movie. I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about it tonight. I love The Princess Diaries. Thank you, Zach Appleseed, for run, nominating it. We'll run down some movie facts here. Let's do that. The Princess Diaries uh, came out. It, it came out in 2001. 2001. Uh, so it was rated G, directed by Gary Marshall, screenplay mm-hmm. by Gina Wencoast, produced, mm-hmm. and this was fun to learn, by Whitney Houston, oh. famous singer, musical score, John Debney, cinematography, uh, Carl Lindenlaub, edited by Bruce Green, in theaters August 3, 2001. How long did it run? Runtime of 115 minutes uh, by felt. Walt Disney Productions, mm-hmm. starring Anne Hathaway, Hector Elizondo, Love Heather him. Matarazzo, Mandy Moore, Julie, and Andrew, course, Julie Andrews, and uh, some others. Julie Andrews. This, you know what, well, Walt Disney and Julie Andrews, they go together like peanut butter and hamburgers. They're just yeah. perfect combination of, of savory and not sweet. I would have thought that Zach Appleseed, Captain No, would have loved this film about a shy San Francisco teenager, Mia Thermopolis, as thrown for a loop from out of the blue, she learns astonishing news that she's a real-life princess. Real-life! As the heir apparent to the crown of a small European principality of Genovia. Genovia. Mia begins a comical journey toward the throne with her, when her strict and formal uh, grandmother, Queen Clarice Rinaldi, Julie, Julie Andrews. Andrews, shows up to give her princess lessons again. Wait, 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 wait. This wait, is wait. a fantastic a nomination by Zach Appleseed. We're, wait. Captain No I loves believe the Princess Diaries. I believe you were, we're saying Princess Diaries, and that's not right. I mean, I do love this movie, but wait, wait. I'm not sure that's what Zach nominated. Wait. Take, take a second here. Hold on. Hold on. Here. You're saying that he did not nominate the Princess wait, Diaries? Wait, wait, wait. My bad. What? Not 2001 The Princess Diaries. Oh. Our apologies, Zach Appleseed. Yeah. Your nomination is Here. The Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Yeah. 1987. Oh, yeah. That makes... Here. You know, I'm going to... I'm just going to get rid- out. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Zach. We did not know what we were doing there. Let's let's. Sorry about that, oh, buddy. Yeah. I thought there was something wrong at the beginning. Yeah, but no, no, I, no. Let's get going. I with always it. thought Zach, like he reminds me of a princess, and, and you know how much he loves Anne Hathaway. No, I know it. He every, talks about every, all, all the time, time, all the freaking and, time. And then to my love for Julie Andrews, oh, they man. just kind of melded together. All right. all right, it was a perfect story. I guess. Take a step back. Take I, a step back. All right, let's 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 start this over. We're talking about the Princess Bride. Yes. All right. So here we go. Oh, the woo. Princess Bride, a 1987 release movie, rated PG, fantasy romance adventure, directed by Rob Reiner, who also directed several other films. Uh, name one or two. Misery, Few Good Men, This is Spinal Tap, 
He was Meathead. Yeah. On uh, All, All in, in the, the Family. family. Yep. Which, by the way, the All in the Family model has been used for mm-hmm. dozens and dozens of other shows. Yep. Fabulous things. Screenplay by William Goldman, who did Indecent Proposal and, and consulted on Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That got nominated as well for, for Pantheon. Don't think it made it, though. I don't think Produced so. Produced by Andrew Scheinman and Rob Reiner. Musical score by Matt Knopfler, who uh, is from Dire Straits. Uh, Sultans of Swing and and so on. Cinematography by Adrian Biddle, who did Aliens and The Mummy. Edited by Robert Le- L- Layton or Layton? Yep. I'd say Layton. Yep. Robert Layton. In theater, September 25, 1987. One of my formid- formidable years. I was an undergraduate here at Purdue University in my junior year. I was an eighth grader. Well, that just shows how old we are. Yeah. Runtime, 98 minutes, a svelte hour and a half-ish. It is. Uh, and studio, 20th Century Fox. It was starring, and I always say this man's name wrong. Carrie Ulls. Ellis. It's Ellis, I think. Mandy Patankin, one of my favorite actors, by the way. In top five, easy. Chris Sarandon, Christopher Guest, Wallace Shawn, Andre the Giant, uh, Robin Wright, Peter Falk, Fred Savage, and Billy Crystal. Yeah. That's two out of my top five right there in that list. Synopsis of the movie, while sick in homesick in bed, a young boy's grandfather reads him from the story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his twoove. That's from Box Office Mojo. This is based on uh, a book. Yeah, yeah. The book Princess Bride. So we reviewed this uh, last year. We did uh, a couple of uh, additional Pantheon companions. This was called Pantheon Rejects, where we uh, talked about movies that were nominated. Well, they went up to nomination but didn't make it. Yeah, and we talked about the Princess Bride and the Prince of Egypt at the same time back last September or something like that. Yeah, somewhere towards the end of the season. So our apologies, Zach. We were just messing with you. We just thought we'd uh, have a little fun and get you to think we were talking about the wrong movie, buddy. But we love you. We appreciate you nominating The Princess Bride, and we're ready and ready to go to talk about it. Rundown again on the ratings IMDb. I got an 8.1 out of 10. Metacritic. Got a 77. Rotten Tomato. 97% fresh, 94% audience score. Google. 89%. This movie is widely loved, broadly loved by the, by the general mm-hmm. public. Not by everybody, of course, but, but, but a very, very well loved. It is less loved by some critics than some of our movies that we've talked about recently that but correct. still very much appreciated for example the ebert review they gave it 3.5 out of 4 and uh, a little a little snippet from the review is it's filled with good-hearted fun with performances by actors who seem to be smacking their lips and by a certain true innocence that survives all of reiner's satire and also it does have kissing in it Ew. Rotten Tomatoes, as they as they were collecting the the reviewers' scores, had mm-hmm. four pages, and there was two rotten ones in the, in the whole, whole bunch. bunch. So rather than talk about all the things that people said, oh, I love the movie, it was funny, and this great. and that, love the story, the taking is quit. Yeah. So I got the two rotten ones. For all right, you let's, right. Do the, let's do the rotten ones. Staff from a staff writer from Variety gives. Gives gives it a rotten. Based on William Goldman's novel, this is a postmodern fairy tale that challenges and affirms the conventions of a genre that may not be flexible enough 
to support such horseplay. Hmm. Well, <laughs> another one, uh, Jeff Andrews from Time Out gave it a rotten and said, The leads are vacuous. The absurdities sometimes forced and obvious. Yeah, it was like, well, yeah, obviously. That was, the, that was the point. Yeah, but yeah. The, uh, without, <laughs> without critically yeah. criticizing <laughs> the critic. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, no. it's not wrong. No, it's like, yeah, okay, no, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, it's like yeah. it was in color too. Anyway, some Metacritic reviews. Those stooges keep falling down. <laughs> Pauline Kale said the, from New York, from the Again, New Yorker. I just picked the bottom one. This is the lowest one of the bunch. Okay, gave it a fifty. Uh, that's of a hundred. I'm assuming the movie is ungainly. You can almost see the chalk marks. It's not hitting. But it has a loose, likable shabbiness. So there's still some charm to it, right? There, there is. There is. <laughs> so there's Metacritic Hoi Polloi reviews. You know, this is a general population. It's not, not the professional reviewers. But still, res- you know, respectable views. Uh, we got one here from Broken well, Shirt. And just, just to run through, 8.4 out of 10 uh, overall score. 201 right. positive. 29 mixed. Only 7 negative. Only 7 negative. Like one of the worst ones. And we read this last time, but I figure we'll read it again uh, here. From Broken Shirt. Who gave it a... Zero. A goose egg. A nada. I watched, it's on the schneid. I watched this for my English stuff, but this is terrible. I don't know what, it, <laughs> I don't know what English. my English stuff is. Class? The actors are terrible, and, and by the way, the punctuation and, and capitalization of this uh, means that they didn't do their English stuff well. He's suggesting a main character is a B star. That's yeah. uh, oh wait, no, that's B star 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 star. Oh, and that's... then in a complete abuse of cap letter, uh, all caps, uh, and broken shirt points. says worst movie in history and with twenty seven to forty five forty five exclamation, exclamation points. points. Like it's actually terrible. It's like a movie made by kids. Well, I know some kids who made movies and I've enjoyed some of their movies. Yeah. But hey, we're not gonna criticize him. So we also have a review from now oh. here's what's weird. You know we we have this reviewer uh, that we include this re- reviewer on a regular basis and he's been absent notoriously absent for yeah. what three movies now yeah, yeah, yeah i think three of our reviews but you know like 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 on a really like on a hot stretch like in the middle of summer when a cool breeze finally comes in you go oh that feels just man that i love it That's right wonderful so breeze. we have opened the window and who comes fluttering in Spangle! Spangle gave it a seven. Okay, a seven. And says, Spangle says, overall, The Princess Bride is a classic for a reason, and it is not hard to find out why. Charm. Now, and this is an excerpt from a larger quote of right course. here. But, uh, but, but I figured charm, you know, Spangle's word on charm. Is worth uh, talking about the X factor of the movie. It, it it's right. got charm. It's got charm. That's yeah. that is part of it. So our AV Facebook commenters yeah. two pages, uh, put some things on. The They've got two pages of them. Why don't you read uh, read a couple here? So uh, Naomi Ray like said, Naomi Ray. Uh, like she said, I love this movie so much. I own the book, The Princess Bride, and Carrie Elwes autobio as you wish. This movie made it into my top ten. But that's uh, that is Naomi's. That that is a perfect rendition. Are you of sure? I've, I've I've talked. You, I haven't talked, talked to her Naomi. in a while. No, but, but you, I'm pretty you, sure that's pretty what sure that's her. Right so there. Joshua McLaughlin. What did yeah. Joshua McLaughlin say? He said, 
even though I was too old to supremely appreciate it like so many folks who grew up with it, I enjoyed it enough. Unless you have an entirely cold black heart, or even on that rare occasion like me, you do have one. This movie will bring a smile to your face. Oh, Joshua. Donkey. I love hearing <laughs> Joshua speak. He's so good. Robert Lane says, going to watch it again... Not, but, but hot take is yes, of course. Yeah, there, there mm. you go. Uh, Alessio now, Pasquale. I do a perfect Alessio. Yeah. I do. And uh, hold on, hold on a second. Let me get a quick little sip. <clears throat> yeah, 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 oh, yeah. But What are we sipping on today? This is uh, th- this is some bullet ride. To bullet ride. Tie this over until right. we get to these uh, cool things. Alessio says, yes. Yeah, no, just I like that. practice yeah. that. By listening to a tape of Alessio say say that particular quote again and again. How about Joel White? He says, Like, uh, Zach, this is up there for one of my favorite movies ever. This is the first movie we'd watch after each of our children was born. So that the first movie they ever saw was The Princess Bride. Again, much like uh, Zach said, this uh, might not be one of the greats of all time movies, but it's uh, still a great movie and deserving a pantheon. That's a perfect Joel yeah, White. A, I can't yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I uh, I actually heard Scott Herdliska uh, say this one. Uh, Hell yes, that should be a pantheon. That's that's what uh, Scott said. Uh, well, I just played the tape back. You can hear it. And then uh, from. James Fitzgerald Mm -hmm. said, Oh, hell, uh, I introduced this movie to a friend two nights ago, then watched the table read last night. So, yes, this uh, gets a yes from me. Oh. I think James must be from, what, Alabama? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little further north. Oh, further north than that. No, I can't quite place the accent. It's a good one, though. Drew uh, Cannibal? Mm-hmm. Canapel. Mm-hmm. You know, Drew, I apologize for butchering your name, but uh, and I'm assuming you're listening to this podcast, of course, but uh, I tried. But uh, i tell you one thing that I do know. I know where Drew is from. Drew is from California. He's a surfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he was just like, no, one of the best movies ever made, yo. <laughs> yeah, that's what Drew said. And uh, from Paul Roman, uh, he says, Personally, I do not really get uh, the love. It's all right, but uh, don't think of it's the orgasm-inducing fantasy, comedy, that everyone else, uh, how you say, thinks it is. Uh, With that said, it is one of the most um, influential films of all time. Um, It's a lasting impression on a society and the history of cinema makes it an important film. Um, It's uh, not uh, je ne sais quoi, unlike the room, pop it into Pantheon. Do we? You know what bothers (laughs) me a little bit about that, uh, Paul, is that uh, by comparing The Princess Bride, you know what, we're not going to get that. That's fine. Oh, yeah, to the room. Go right ahead. Adam Kromenchow. Nope, yep. I said it wrong. Kromenchow. Kromenchow. Darn it, Adam Kromenchow. He puts the macho he puts in Kromenchow. He does. And in fact, he well, said... He sounds like Randy Macho Man. Yeah, so. he actually said like, I would give it a yes, brother. It's unique for the type of film that it is. It succeeds at selling itself to a universal audience. Despite looking like a complete chick flick, 
definitely worthy of Pantheon. And then uh, from Jenna Zoidberg, oh. uh, that she says, um, if this doesn't make Pantheon, I quit. You know, Jenna, it has failed once before, but perhaps this time around, it's going to make it. Chris Switzer. Chris Switzer. He's actually from uh, my hometown. Well, not my hometown, but where I went, where I met my wife. Uh, and he said, Christopher Gus's character is the con- con- conversion of best on-screen villains of all time. You could literally take that character, change his clothes, and put him into any time period, genre, etc., and he will steal every scene. And then um, we have Gavin Davenport. No film deserves this more. Night. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Jimmy Sanders says, if this doesn't get in, I may just have to leave the group. Lol. J- j- wait. LOL. JK. JK. And then uh, our last one from John Shippey. Ooh. You know, John Shippey has yeah. an interesting accent. You know, what is that accent? It, it's, it, it is like a blend of uh-huh. Swedish okay. and German. Okay, uh, and uh, uh, John John the Shippy, he says, Easy, yes, here. Uh, out of all the moods, uh, the votes uh, I have been a part of so far, this is, yeah, the best movie of all of those. Sounds Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the combination yeah, of Swedish, Swedish and German. German, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you betcha. I, we, and again, apologies to everyone. For because, all the horrible uh, accents. I don't think a single one of those is probably correct. No, uh, wait, Adam Krobenshaw, I was dead on actually. But the rest have, of them. They're going to have to dock our pay here at the podcast <sighs> to uh, to half what we make, well, probably. Luckily, I got that check in April. I'm good to go. Oh, yeah. All right. So, let's talk about receipts. The Princess Bride... Uh, released 1987, had a budget of $16 million, a very oh, thin cheap. budget. Domestic gross, $30.9 million, almost $31 million, uh, and then f- uh, internationally $20,000. Um, average ticket price in 1987 was $3.91 for a patented, copyrighted, trademark, butts in seats index of... $7.9 million, just a little bit more. Than what we've come to know as the Fight Club the Fight standard. Club standard that seven point four million. Seven point four. Yeah. So in the theater, what that means is when it was released to the theaters, seven point nine million people actually sat their butt in the seat to watch this movie. Yeah. Let's do some comparisons. So uh, tell me about Shrek. Sure. Uh, so uh, somebody once told me the world would try to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. You're not. And I was looking kind of dumb with my finger and my thumb in the shape of an L on my on forehead. On my forehead. Oh, yeah. Shrek, Shrek 2001, budget $660 yeah. million. Dollars. Not one six sixteen, but six zero six. Domestic gross, $267.7 million. Oh, uh, average ticket price in 2001, $5.66 for a BSI of a whopping $47.3 million. Butts in seats. Yeah, that is almost a seven, well, it's a six and a half times yeah. uh, over yeah. increase. The Fight Club standard. Uh, the Fight Club standard, yeah. Hook, another comparison. Hook, 1991, budget of $70 million. Domestic gross of $119.6 million, uh, internationally $191.2. Average ticket price in 1991 was $4.21. So its BSI was $28.4 million 
domestic. Yeah, yeah, that's domestic. We're talking domestic. Yeah, and then uh, for Zach's favorite movie, The, the Prince- Princess Diaries yeah. in 2001, budget of $26 million, domestic gross $108 million. Mm. Average ticket price five dollars and sixty six cents, with a BSI of nineteen million, about two and a half times more than two the Princess half. Bride. That is right. Um, and then you know, uh, you had pointed something out. I, I had found yeah. a comparison of the Princess Diaries and the Princess Bride. The hashtag numbers dot com, where you compare yes. movies, compare two movies, see how well they did. But it's in a graph, and then they 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 give a little thing on the top that says if you want to add other movies that are like. The this, Princess Bride. Like The Princess Bride, you can add these. And then they give a suggestion right. list. And the last one in the list was Shaft 2019. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Because clearly yeah. they're very yeah. similar. By the way, I enjoyed 2019 Shaft. <laughs> uh, budget of $35 million. Domestic gross of 21.4. And an overall total worldwide gross, 21.4. I don't think that one made it. Average ticket price of $9.16. Which gave it a BSI of 2.34 million. Unfortunately, people Paltry. did not go to the remake of the remake of Shaft. Yeah. yeah unfortunately. All right. Before we move on. Before we move on, let's talk about what's here on the table. We have some uh, wonderful bags, decorative guest bags Here's on what the happens. table. When, when someone on the council nominates a movie for Pantheon, I don't know how this got started, but for some reason, they send us, uh, what do we call their... We've come uh, to call them bribes. bribes. Actually, they're bribes. bribes. They're bribes. Yeah. And what Zach Appleseed has sent us for the Princess Diaries, I mean the Princess Bride, is this monstrous pie. Yeah. It looks like Christmas morning. There is there's a on stack the, there's of three, gifts. Get, three gift bags. Yeah, three. And then on the side, we've got a 12-can 12 ca- 12 case of Coca-Cola. Of Coca-Cola. To go with the stuff and a script to go along with the gifts that are then numbered one, two, one, and, three two and three to go well, through. Well, let's look at number one. Yeah. So he said he provided some movie quotes to go with okay. the bribes or gifts provided. Yeah. Uh, where? Um, so did you want to go back and forth on? Uh, yeah. This, you know what? The, you be so you Fezic. I'll you be, be Inigo in, in, and and Vicini. Okay, that's fair enough. And then I'll do Fezic. You have a great gift for rhyme. Yes, yes. Enough of that! Fezzik, are there rocks ahead? If there are, we'll all be dead. No more rhymes! Now I mean it! Anybody want a peanut? So, number one, right here, is a snack for us, which is Planters Dry Roast with Peanuts. I have an amazing peanut story to tell someday. You said peanut? not (laughs) today. I love peanuts. I love peanuts. I'll eat a whole jar. Uh, Two days later, waking up in the hospital. All right. Uh, So then gift two. Yeah, gift number two. Man in Black says that... you're that smart. Oh, I like your your uh, your Vizzini. Let me put it this way: Have you ever heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates? Yes. Morons. Really? In that case, I challenge you to a battle of wits. For the princess, to the death, I accept. Good. Then um, pull the wine. Ha ha! I brought my I bought myself one of these as well. Zach says. And we'll be celebrating with it when the Princess Bride makes Pantheon. Andre. This is and Andre. Brute. 
Yeah. Seem very appropriate. This so is this a, is some some some, sh- some, uh, some sparkling wine, some sh- California champagne. All right. right there. And then How about number three? One. He's given us a whole big yeah, like. No, yeah, no, This is a whole thing. But yeah, this is uh, this is something special. Wait, here, this back hole. This. What's in this? Oh. So on this this gift number three, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, how's your how's your English accent? I'll right do that. There? Yeah, okay. you go ahead. Um, Spanish so, accent for that one. I get into my name is Enrique Antonio. So it is very strange. Uh, is that more like that's good? Don't do it. Keep going. Starface, right there. <laughs> uh, I have been in the revenge business so long. Now that it's over, I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. Have you ever considered piracy? You'd make a wonderful Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> so, Sorry, I went full on cockney. It was a combination of like, like I got Scarface over here, like, oh, it's Bing Bang. I've been in the revenge business so long now that it's over. And then have you, you ever been in, have you ever considered piracy? Freshen your drink, Gavna. You make a wonderful Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, what's in the bag already? Oh, Captain Morgan. See, I went pirate. That's good stuff. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Now we know what the Coke is for. Yeah. It's to mix with the rum. That'll be nice. Thank you. Little Thank Captain, you. We'll make, little we'll, Captain Morgan there. We will uh, we'll open that up and make uh, make some drinks yeah, here. Let's have some Cuba Libres. All right. Have mine, is the, mine is the lime. So the, the uh, oh well, there you go. The uh, all do right. Do you want to finish that or like you want me to toss that? No, I want to finish that? this. Uh, all all right. right. So let's talk about the nomination itself. And we've kind of fiddled around long enough. Uh, Zach Appleseed says the Adventures of Video Land Powers that. That be these this, are excerpts, by the way. I yes, trimmed it down. That have decided to unleash Captain No onto the Pantheon scene. I find myself in the odd position of being Captain No, yet trying to convince you to say yes to a movie that I love, The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride is fantastic. I've seen it fifty plus times all the way through. It is also infinitely quotable. There are fun swashbuckling scenes and humorous banter. Action keeps you entertained throughout the entire movie. Reiner did excellent work hitting the balance of action and plot development along with a shorter runtime. That makes the rewatch factor high, just like many of his other movies. Let's be frank, it's no Schindler's List. However, we're not picking the number one movie of all time, even if this is my favorite movie. All we are doing... Some peanuts. Thank you. All we are doing is deciding if this movie is among the best. Five stars on directing. The pace is great, and I never felt bored for this budget. The acting and casting is also very good, along with the screenplay. Just a little point on that. One reason why the budget could be so low is that while these are all well-known actors now, they were not so well-known back at the time. Except for, like, Mandy Patinkin. Except for Mandy Patinkin, but but even so. Some of them were, but it's also Rob Reiner, and they were doing it as, like, a friend, you know, for a friend. Continuing here, the F- the effects and score are relatively simple, but don't take away from the movie. However, none of those categories matter. The Princess Bride has an X factor that makes it way more than the sum of its parts. It's fun in so many ways, even on a small budget. Let me explain. Nope. There's too much. Let me sum up. Even those that don't like this movie know that it's Pantheon. So for all these the Princess Bride haters out there, get used to disappointment. Yeah. That's a nice little summary. Now, those were, as you said, excerpts 
from his write-up. The write-up was much longer uh, and, and much more eloquent, but uh, these were some of the main points from it. All right, so let's talk about some uniqueness and challenges of this film. What, what do you think Triple D makes this film unique? So, uh, so this film is unique in its approach to uh, how it's telling the story because it's, um, it's not quite satire, it's not quite parody, it's, you know, it's a storybook rendition, homage to Errol Flynn's Robin Hood, swashbuckling, uh, old set movies. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's this kind of like love letter to a storybook tale with old timey film, like mm -hmm. film set styles, but it kind of defies putting it in a good box. It's not like Willow. Uh, it's not like Stardust mm -hmm. that I just watched uh, this afternoon to get a, a point of comparison, mm -hmm. which is way more on the realism side. Well, and so is Willow, although Willow has magic and stuff. Yeah. The the effects were designed to make you feel like that's really happening. There's no there's very few effects in The Princess Bride that make you feel like it's really happening. The the ridiculous rats in the swamp look like a kid it's wearing a, a, costume, in a costume waddling around the place. They weren't trying to make you think that that might be real. Nope, they were not. Uh, it's supposed to look like a rubber costume. It almost feels like watching a play. Yeah, so in the same way that when we talked about... Um, Miami Connection, which was like this good-bad movie. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, it's a good-bad-good good movie. Yeah, like, right. it's it's not... It wasn't It wasn't that they tried to make a movie and it turned out to be horrible and everybody loves it because it's like this scrappy dog with three legs right. and one eye. But that it was a movie that was intentionally made to look shoddier. The way it does look, yeah. On a, so, low budget, but like they stretched... Yeah, so like it kind of defies... The categories that we would typically use to it mm -hmm. to to say like because cinematography like wh what do you judge it against right exactly what's it, what is what are the other movies in the same category so it kind of defies category it does and you know they, they'll they'll intermix a scene of uh, in, that, in that same line they'll intermix a scene of this beautiful landscape and then the very next little clip will be clearly them standing on a soundstage that does not look that much like the scene. But we just saw, and then the camera will switch, and again, you're looking at this beautiful landscape again. And they don't apologize for no. it. They're not trying to edit them together. They're saying, listen, just go with us on this story. It's just a guy reading a book to a kid. So what would it look like in the kid's head? This is how I see this movie, by the way. What would it look like in the kid's head if he was imagining what his grandfather was saying as he read the story? Yeah, so like, uh, so you know, I guess other uniquenesses of this uh, you want more more yeah. of those? Well, a few more of these uh, <laughs> uh, gut busters here. So, um, uh, along with the uniqueness is uh, that you've got this movie that is um, kind of uh, a love letter to this storybook style. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the... The dialogue is uh, is 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 extremely quotable. Uh, so like um, like th this this more than any of the other movies that we looked at so far is is it has this rewatchability and quotability to it. So like uh, as if somebody was 
holding this up, the X factor of this movie is mm-hmm. just how much love there is for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you look at the Facebook poll, then you see like only two people voted uh, no and 87 at right. current count are voting yes. So, well, And you, you, you find little nuggets of quotes in there that you're like, wait, is that where that came from or did they reuse it too? Like, you keep using this word and I don't think you know what yeah, it means. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing that even today, which is, uh, 33 years later, people are still using that as a meme for criminy's sake. Yeah. So the flip side of this, what makes this a challenging nomination? There's a problem, right? Because much like in some ways, uh, chef, it's a fun movie to watch. It's not a bad movie, but is it a Pantheon movie? Yeah. And some would say it's not a Pantheon movie because... The special effects aren't good. It's not a Pantheon movie because the acting is sometimes a little bit like community theater. Uh, some of the characters, some of the actors, never actually seem like they're playing their own character. They seem like themselves playing a character. Yeah. You know, they don't ever seem like they are the character, I should say. Um, and, and many of the cast members were either apparently doing something for a friend, like Rob Reiner, you know, helping Rob Reiner out, or... They were unknown. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it wasn't like full of knowns back in 1987. So, this movie also a challenge. It has that, the the challenge that any of the other highly nostalgic films that this group has ever talked about, uh, and Breakfast Club is one example, but it could be anything like Star Wars or... Anything else that people are like automatically just have this gushing love for. So when people watch this film, that they have a high nostalgia for it. So it's really hard to separate looking at a film objectively mm-hmm. against standards and and the like just the love you have for it because like so many people look at this film like a like a like a a, a wonderful old grandmother looking at her grandbaby right and like. Yeah, it could be an ugly child. The, the grandbaby but, might even look like a small primate, but yeah. even so, that grandmother's There's love. Like, oh, this is a So mm-hmm. uh, people have that instinctual. Oh no, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like okay. But if you put it against categories, he did it himself, and you force put it against Schindler's yeah. List. Yeah, this yeah. movie, Schindler's List. Well, Schindler's List is a work of art. Yeah. Some would say The Princess Bride's a work of art. Yeah. Some would say art is subjective, and this particular art is not that much art. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of challenges, I think, for it as a nomination. There's another challenge we haven't talked about. I mean, we mentioned it, but it's already gone up. Yeah. The Pantheon once. I was going to mention and, that there's a lot of politics on this one. There's some politics there, in that uh, there's a couple of ways a movie can become Pantheon. One is like this, to be nominated... And everybody has a write-up, and they vote, and so, and so on. Or it could be, in this case, it went up with a Rob Reiner marathon, and it won the of all the Rob Reiner movies they talked about. It was the number one, and therefore, then it got voted on for Pantheon and lost. Yeah. So they already talked about this one. They've already talked about this one. And they and already said no. They already said no. Now, by they, I said they, but yeah, yeah, it's not the exact same nine council members as the last time. So that's a, that makes a difference. You know, like when a bill goes up in 2016 yeah. and then it goes up again in 2019, it might, it might get through the next time, you know? Yeah. So there's that. How about, how about this? Let's move on. 
How about some insights? Do you have any particular insights while watching this film? Um, I'll, I'll mention one that um, that my my wife had mentioned when I was chatting with her is the staying power of this movie is that we are now on three generations of people who have enjoyed this movie and mm -hmm. they still keep on enjoying this keep movie. Keep watching it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, like, there's something special here. There's something happening. Something something that I think uh, was an insight as I was watching it, uh, I, I started watching it again today just to kind of see if I found any little nuggets in there. And something popped in my head. Well, one was... And I, I thought of this before many years ago, but it just re re reoccurred to me today. And it's what I mentioned earlier that if you imagine the the story playing in a boy's like little kid's head while someone reads them a book, because some people actually see a movie in their head when they're either when a book is read to them or when they read themselves. If you imagine the movie playing in the kid's head, this is very well what it might look like. Yeah. A little clunky, a little chunky. Can't really imagine what a giant live rat looks like, so maybe he imagines a rubber rat. I don't know. But there's that. But then uh, the the second thing, a little insight that popped in my head was that if, if those actors were that age today and Rob Reiner made that movie today, I think that's exactly what it would still look like. Mm -hmm. He'd, he didn't... Do in in my opinion, he I don't believe that he did special effects the way he did, because that was the tech of the day. Yeah. For example, I just watched Gemini Man yes. with Will Smith right. playing Will Smith with his younger Will Smith self. Yes, and they used it was 2016, and they used whatever best level of deep fake sort of face technology. Yeah, and there were moments in that film where you're like, terrible. oh god, you did not. That mm. is bad. Like, they would have done better by just having Jaden Smith play Will Smith as a kid. Yeah. I really think they would have. Yeah. Instead of the whole, and I don't even know, maybe he was the body double and they just did the face over. But it was but not they, good. But they were using the best yeah. that they could get away with at the time right. of face, right. you know, CGI. But, you know, when you go technology. back to the first Jurassic Park. Yeah. the I went back and watched Jurassic Park again about two That's weeks solid. ago. It still looks good. They were very selective about how yeah. long they left the dinosaur. On All the that said, in this movie, they're using practical effects, and they're not using cutting edge stuff that they're they using couldn't use. A, yeah. Stage effects, yeah, like you yeah. would at a theater. And we mentioned that already. All right, let's break it down. Some standout moments and breakdown uh, by category: acting and casting. Uh, you know, a couple of standout moments for me: Andy Patinkin. Andy Patinkin was Mandy. Sorry, Mandy. I'm saying Andy. My apologies. Mandy Patinkin. I, Mandy Patinkin was, uh, in my opinion, a brilliant move. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him in so many things in so many different roles since then. And it took me quite a while to, for it to click in my head that even though it was the same name in all these different... That that's him. Yeah. He was fabulous. Loved him. Also, there's there's backstory to this where he had just lost his dad to cancer, so now this he's playing this, this role. He like he was working out his psychological issues. The six fingered man was was essentially for him this cancer. this metaphor for cancer yeah. that he was tracking down to kill. Mm -hmm. Because at the very end, when he says those lines, it's like, "Promise me, prom like like promise me money. You can have money. Promise me this. Promise me like." Anything that I want, anything you want. Well, I want my father back, you son of a bitch. And then he stabs he him. He kills him. But that line is so powerful because, right? like, 
He's feeling All it. of those feelings are there, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, I also thought that um, uh, Andre the Giant. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it was a great, you know, there was a great, I mean, he's Andre the freaking giant. And he he's can't supposed really... to seem and sound dumb, but not be dumb, and yeah. that's Andre the Giant. So, other casting for that, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right. Would have made a weird giant. And Liam Neeson tried out for that I thought role. Arnold Schwarzenegger was an option in there, no? Yeah, they would, but I think he just made it big so they couldn't okay. afford him anymore yeah. or something. They had a small budget. But um, the other one was... Uh, 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 um, um, oh, Wallace Shawn? Uh, yeah, Wallace Shawn. Thank you. Wallace Shawn. Fazzini. Fazzini. I was trying to remember the name Fazzini. And I just saw him as the Grand Negus. I'm watching through DS9. Okay. Um... On my CBS All Access, which has commercials, son of a gun. The yeah. best thing about CBS All Access, yeah. all the free commercials. Oh, yeah. So many great commercials that I pay for. <laughs> um, that uh, he's the Grand Negus of the Ferengi. Uh, in there, I'm like, oh, that voice. You hear the voice, and you're like, oh, that's Wallace Shaw. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Vizzini. Yeah, Vizzini. Yeah, I love, I love those two. Um, you know, some of the some of the characters, the Six-Fingered Man, eh. Um, the uh, Humperdinck was one of those people that I felt like it was just that actor kind of playing a playing a part for fun. Um, and I've this is maybe maybe this is uh, people won't agree with this one. I've never actually liked Carrie Elwes in this movie. No, no, no. I've always thought too that smarmy. he was just, No, I always thought he was just sort of passing. Okay, he held his spot. The uh, like he's iconic in the role, well, but but and that's he, what he's remembered. Yeah, for. but he's but, remembered for that the same way that the guy that played Flash Gordon is remembered for Flash Gordon. So, so I like Carrie, but my the person that I uh, I, I kind of like hem and haw over is Robin Wright and his Buttercup. One. Yeah, Robin where Wright I'm like, huh. but this time around when I rewatched it again, it's like, like oh, you know what. She has kind of like this innocence to her, but I I didn't think that she ever really brought all that much. You know, she's later on. Yeah, later on. She's done great stuff. House yeah, of Cards does great oh, stuff. Gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but there are moments in the movie where, and this is why I would pick her over Carrie, is because there are moments in the movie where they let her play a role. They let her be Princess Buttercup, and it's when she's talking to the old king, and she's. So like clearly love and affection for yeah. this old man when she comes in and she says to the prince uh you know the old man has passed and she's saying no nope if i marry you the next day i will be dead and i just can't do it you have to let me go and the prince is like all right fine the wedding's off but she does this big impassioned speech like she's ready for an yeah. argument and it was no argument he was like eh, okay fine and of course he intends to murder her anyway but you know what I'm saying. And uh, we'd be remiss to not point out Billy Crystal mm. uh, as just a fantastic... Oh and his wife, which I don't have her name in front... The, her name. The, the two of them. I'm not a witch, I'm my wife! I, yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, they actually played almost that same couple on Saturday Night yeah. Live in a, in, a, in, a, in a series of skits. They're fantastic. It was perfect. And you can see Rob Reiner was just like, 
I want you to do that, yeah. but in this makeup. And Mandy Patinkin, the only injury he sustained during filming was breaking a rib from laughing at Billy Crystal. <laughs> so the uh, like that's one of the lore of the movie. I, I understand that the, all of the scenes with Billy Crystal were shot in an afternoon. That's what I remember yeah, reading. He had to fly out in he and out to, between like SNL. So. And, and so it was literally like, get it all done, done, okay, out. Uh, directing and editing. You know, uh, I gotta say that Rob Reiner's uh, somebody who's very consistent for me. Yeah. And I like, like, I, I did not get to listen to the Rob Reiner Marathon. I'm gonna go back and listen to that. I was reminded of it today uh, here on AV in the podcast. But uh, there's very few Rob Reiner movies that I'm like, eh. But most of them I'm good on. And I and I like what he did here. I like the choices he made about special effects yeah. and, and, and the storyline. And the editing I thought was done well. Um, but I believe that he was also on, involved in the editing. So. so I'll say this. The Fight Club made it up. And I liked the directing and editing mm-hmm. better in this one. I would say so. Yeah. Than in Fight Club. Because Fight Club had these like long... The, like had these... The, the, like we talked about this. Like the acts... Between the acts, like that, that there was these segments that just dragged out, and they wouldn't end. They like wouldn't he, end. he, he never wouldn't. He wasn't wasn't willing to cut anything out. So here's to the his thing. detriment, not not totally, but just like right, it could have could have been trimmed been up better. Here and there. Yeah. yeah. So in this one though, uh, I was I was surprised today. Sometimes an older movie for me, it's like wow, are they only up to that scene? And today I was like. Wow, holy wait hold on what we're we're already to the point where he's being tortured to death and i thought we he she just realized that he was yeah. the farm boy like two seconds it's ago 98 minutes it's just, boom, boom it just boom, goes and the story the storyline in this movie does move forward very quickly and you leave the room and come back you better pause the movie and the yeah. people who were there told you what happened because you're gonna miss it Screenplay and story. I thought the screenplay is I, I tell you what i have not done and i and i'm embarrassed to admit this i haven't read the book and the screenplay is based on the book. The story is the same story. Um, but I have read some of the comparisons where people who are sort of purists were like, well, they made this, they combined these two characters, they did that, yeah. and they didn't like that. But uh, I feel like as far as this movie screenplay and story, they did a great job. You know, the story is sim- like the base story is true love, separated, not by choice, brought back together, faces adversity, and succeeds. That's the story. Like, they don't hide it. It's not buried. You don't just figure it out later on. You're not... Are and they really going to get together? You no, know, and you've got a couple interesting subplot side characters. Sure. The um, There is not much to subplot in this movie. Like, uh, that, like if... if Eagle if, Montoya's uh, search for the killer of his father is one. There... there yeah. Uh, the the other subplot is, and it's, it's mentioned many times, but a lot of people forget it. The whole purpose of why the princess buttercup was kidnapped was because not just uh uh, uh, uh i was yeah. going to call him pumpernick but i know that's not right humperdink, Hump, humperdink not just because humperdink wanted to start a war with their with their adversaries but also uh they were trying to intentionally murder buttercup yeah and frame them uh, and uh, the the uh, Gelders, the Gelders, uh, which the uh, Florinen Gelders, that like named after Dutch currency, it, which is yeah, which is funny because uh, uh, I, I, every time I hear the name Gelder, I think of a Knight's Tale and Gelderland, Gelderland, Gelder. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so like that's a little subplot, but they only use it to sort of like, and this is why I'm gonna murder her, not like. Yeah. 
the prince isn't going to murder her just because he's a jerk. He is a jerk, but that's not why. He's going to murder her and frame a whole other country for it. Uh, so, yeah, and, and um, this is a... Uh, they're not reinventing a, like a brand new storyline with this. So, nope. But uh, I thought that they do a good job with the story. Cinematography and locations. I gotta say... The uh, Cliffs of Insanity, they cut back and forth from the Cliffs of Moher, or at least what I think is the Cliffs of Moher in Ireland, to the set cliffs. But uh, I, I really love the, some of those bigger shots. The, the one where, the, the, where uh, 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 the pirate, and he's still the pirate at the time, and the princess go tumbling down the yeah. hill. Uh, that's this beautiful, looks like maybe it's a Scottish uh, a valley of some sort. Like, they picked some awesome locations for those outdoor shots. Um, and I can't recall. Someone told me one time what castle they used um, yeah, for the out, you know, the outside shots. But it's, uh, you know, I think they did a pretty good job. But but I, I, I put a little asterisk on that because the decision he made, which I was just complimenting a minute ago, to use what looked like fake set pieces uh, as a part of the storyline kind of did bite into and cinematography and, for and me. if you don't like that or if you don't get it yeah. or if you don't if you don't buy that that's uh, that's a good thing or that's the direction to go right. then it's kind of like man yeah. i don't like that but i do think uh on the plus side there's just like n- the movie is quotable but also it's memorable because memorable. like it's easy to remember some of these locations of mm-hmm. Vizzini sitting on sitting on his stoop when he's going to drink the iocane powder, right. or when when the when when uh, uh, Inigo Montoya is going to fence with uh, Dread Pirate yeah, Roberts. Yeah, the, the fencing scene the, is you know, just amazing. The eels, it looks just like the boat, and the, the eels. eels. Like like all of these are just the like very visually distinct. Yeah, and there's all these set. The, there's the ocean, the cliffs, the the fight scene. The stump where they did the, where the lab Iocane, where they're going to test the machine to the take lab, the, 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 uh, the, the life sucking mach- the pit of despair. Yeah. These are all the, the the little village villagette whatever it is a little civilization area where uh, Max is where Billy Crystal's character is the castle itself of course but not just the castle the entranceway to the castle is a whole new set piece that yeah. we see a few times and the the um, the uh, sanctuary the the church. Right, the cathedral yeah. where they're getting married—that's like a, a a separate little piece. But you remember these chunks as you go along through the movie. So uh, again, s- it feels like a play. Score for this. The score didn't get in the way. And for me, the score is um, I like as as we were as I was just looking at this, it sort of reminded me. You shouldn't have any. More. I'm okay. They're not good for you. I know insides. how to do it. You don't need give me the more. peanuts. Fine, here you go. So it Anybody remi- want a peanut? It reminded me... The score kind of reminded me of Psycho. Okay. Because it was because there was the motif that they kept coming back to. There was sure. a couple different motifs. Yes. It wasn't expansive, but they really used what they had. Some to of the score was it, just... No. Yeah. So, so they, they, really, uh, they re- really used what they had to... Uh, uh, they used it well. To, to develop uh, the feeling of the movie. Like, as soon as you hear the motif from Princess Bride, you know. Oh, that's storybook love. Which won an Oscar, or was nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Song, Storybook Love. Yeah. So, and that song 
it plays in I think of that song or a version of that song plays in almost every scene except when they're when the grandfather's reading yeah. the book to the kid. But you're right. You hear that tune and you go, "Well, that's the Princess Bride." Yeah, yeah. Uh, special effects and notables. We talked about special effects. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they're almost comedic. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, on a level of satire. This is where I you, you'd give it like this is where it's satirizing the genre. Yes. But some 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 other elements here in Mad Max's Mad Max. Mad Max. Are we Mad talking Max? about Mad Max? No. In uh, Billy Crystal's uh, uh, in Max's uh, 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 Miracle Max. Miracle Max. But in his room, in his uh, lab, where he creates Master the thing. Blaster. <laughs> Master, who runs? <laughs> Who runs Town? <laughs> in, in Miracle Max's lab, where he makes the big giant pill, it's actually this wonderful, filled with just yeah. randomness, like cool little oh. dude. I love that stuff. Also, uh, uh, the kid's room is something special, and, and he's a she's a Chicago kid, so like I, my heart, I he's, was like, oh, I had that refrigerator Perry poster. He's a Marvel yeah. fan because behind his headboard, there's a Hulk and a Captain America and a Spider Man. Yeah, and they're just they're little figurines just sitting right there. Um, the <laughs> what we didn't mention was the the X Factor, which we already kind of talked, talked about, about but. Just the this movie is ch- so much charm. Uh, that's, like it's that's just the big part. It, it is just it's it is oozing with charm. My wife said about the time you start getting sucked into the story, they'll pull it back, and they'll just be the grandfather and the kid talking to each other. And you'd think that you then lost the move the the mo- the momentum or whatever, but you don't. No. It pulls back. The grandfather and the kid, they're talking. You know, the kid says, oh, you know, no kissy stuff, whatever. And then they go right back into the story, and you just fall right back into it again. It feels like I'm reading a book, and I'm taking a break, and I go right back to the book again. And I'm sucked right back into the story. And I, I got a little half-choked up when I heard the final line of the movie, which is, the Grandpa, could you come back and read this again for me to mm-hmm. tomorrow? And then there's just a little pause, and he says... As you wish. And then, like, the kid is like, wait, are you? Are you the... Wait, who? <laughs> the first time I saw The Princess Bride, and I and I, 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 this always pops in my head every time I get to the end of the movie. And by the way, it's one reason why sometimes I'd never watched the end of this movie. Is I was convinced the entire movie that Grandpa was reading the kid a book because there was something wrong. Not like he was going to die at the end of the movie, but like... Like he didn't exist he was and he was bu- dead, like in Troll 2, yeah, maybe where uh, Grandpa Seth was just in a <laughs> Not big, really like... there. <laughs> Although at the beginning of Troll 2, when Grandpa Seth was there, I was like, oh, like the Princess Bride. They did the same story. He's Where's reading... Willow? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, awards. This is, uh, as I said, it was an Oscar nominee for Best Music Original Song, Storybook Love, The Princess Bride Song, the yeah. one that you all know. It had seven wins and eight nominations overall for major awards. Uh, it is a well-known, well-loved, award-winning film. Or film. All right. Some fun facts about the film. Fun facts. Go for it. Andre the Giant 
uh, when asked about what his favorite thing about was uh, doing doing this film, he said, without skipping a beat, nobody looks at me. He felt he was treated as an equal without people staring at him because of his grand height. Hmm. During some of the during the filming of some scenes, the weather became markedly too cold for Miss Robin Wright. Andre the Giant would help her by placing one of his hands over her head. His hands were so large that one would entirely cover the top of her head, keeping her warm. And I don't know if this is in this list, but Carrie always one time said that they put the palm of Andre the Giant's uh, hand at his chin, and his fingers were almost halfway back on the top of his head. That's how giant the guy was. Uh, when Count Rugen hits Wesley over the head, Carrie always told Christopher Guest to go ahead and just hit him for real. And Guest hit him hard enough to shut down production for a day <laughs> while Elvis, Elvis went to the hospital. Oh, he did the butt of his sword and whack, yeah. smacked him one. Uh, Manny Patankin claims, as you said this one, the only injury he ever sustained during the f- entire filming of this movie was a bruised rib due to stifling his laughter in scenes with Billy Crystal. And the next one... It goes with it. Yeah, Rob Reiner actually would leave the set when they filmed Billy Crystal's scenes because he would laugh so hard, he would feel like he, he was nauseated. These are, uh, by the way, uh, there's tons more of these. Uh, there's tons more of, of trivia. And oh, I, for sure. Uh, I, I got these from IMDb. You can mm. find a, follow the little trivia path uh, on there. Uh, Carrie Elwes and Manny Patinkin performed all their own sword fighting after many hours of training. According to Rob Reiner, the only stunt performed by Patinkin's stunt double was one flip during Chatty Duelist scene. At the top of the mountain there. Which is the name of the scene, the Chatty Duelist. The Chatty Duelist. And the, speaking of that, the fights in this movie were choreographed by legendary Bob Anderson, who also choreographed Star Wars. Um, and I had mentioned this, that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was offered the role of Fezzik and was extremely interested in taking the role, but was unable to because of shooting conflict with his NBA schedule and Liam Neeson audition. But uh, Rob Reiner didn't like him because he was only 6'4". But can you imagine this movie? If Liam Neeson if, was the giant? Or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was Fezzik. It'd just be a different movie. It'd be a different movie. Yeah. yeah, you need Fezzik needed that character, that a bit of like I said earlier that he sounds like maybe he's not very smart, but he's actually pretty darn smart. Also, uh, this last time I was watching the film, and this has nothing to do with anything, but there's so much in Kevin's room that now to like take in what are all these little things because I've seen it a bunch. He's got an open bag of Cheetos behind his head. And uh, and and the dad in me was like, "Hey, come on, buddy, roll roll, roll up, that roll up. that up. Those Cheetos are gonna go bad. <laughs> They're gonna go stale. Well, do you hate Cheetos? <laughs> come on, Kevin. <laughs> Let's talk about the guests. Uh, it's the a folks. Christmas movie too, by the way. There's it a is Santa a yeah. Claus on on, the, on his on, closet door. Yeah, that yeah. is right. So it's a Christmas movie. Let's talk voting. All right. Well, nominated by guest nominee, uh, guest nominator. Zach Appleseed, he's going to say, hold on, Captain Doe says, yes. How about Jeremy Clifford? Well, some of these votes are already in. So so we've got four of the votes, at least as of recording tonight. We've got four votes that we know what they Mm -hmm. are. Jeremy Clifford has said no. Kyle Brown has said yes. Matthew Wade has said no. Brad Hawkins said, I'll do what the Facebook poll says. But now that it's at like almost 90... Like 87 to 2. Yeah, it's like 87 to 2. With six people saying they haven't seen it. Because I think they live on Mars? I'm not yeah. sure. 
and four people want to rewatch so, before voting. So that's that's going to be a yes. yes. So, so that's two yeses there. So right now you've got four yeses four and yeses. two noes. How many yeses it does needs, it need? It needs seven, seven total. So of the five people left, which are Marshall Wade, Nathan Planiga, Rachel Planiga, Ryan Smith, and Cousin Wayne, of the five, three would need to say yes. This is going to be a this is going to be like a nail biter. It might be or it might be there's four more yeses out of that five. Who knows? I don't know. I don't uh, think who knows? I don't think Ryan's going to say yes. Uh, I don't think I don't I'm, see cousin I, Wayne I, I, saying yes. For some reason yes. I'm thinking cousin Wayne might say no. Uh maybe Marshall says yes. I, I don't know Nathan Rachel I, I I I just don't know here. I don't have a lot of faith that there's going to get three out of the five. Yeses. They have to get a majority of yeses of what's left. Um, That's true. For me, uh, if I was voting on this, then I would give it a yes. And I am actually pulling up the poll right now as we speak, and I am going to vote yes. So I have voted yes on the poll. So we're up around 90 almost. And this is... And... Brad will sometimes give us a hard time and say, "Oh, you've just been blindsided by nostalgia." Blinded by nostalgia. Nope. This nope. is more than just being blinded by nostalgia. Yes. That there, that for me in each of these categories, that because of how I look at the movie and mm-hmm. rate the movie, and how I see what they're trying to do, that I give it a higher score. Now, it's not a perfect movie. No, in fact, I, I and I mentioned this to you earlier today. I said. If I'm going to rate each of these categories we talked about earlier, directing, acting, and category, yeah. if I rate all those, very few of them are fives. In fact, there are no fives. There's a lot of high fours. There's some low fours. Uh, and I think special effects, I know that was a choice they made, but that's one of the lower scores for me. I'm pretty certain that I actually average out real close to four or five. But I so, said a long time ago, if a movie was a four or five... I have to say well, yes. Well, that's part of our rules is that if it's four four point five out of five and above, it's, yeah. it's going to be a yes. For Which, us. Uh, as we were talking through it, I think for me that Fight Club was kind of one of these fence sitter type movies for myself as well, where I'm like, for okay, me? it could be a little higher or a little lower than four point five. It's not a perfect five, but it had an X factor. But it had an X factor of just how significant it was for so many people. So here's the deal: even if this thing sat at a four four nine. The X factor kind of pumps it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's and you know, for we, you mentioned the I think somebody mentioned the Breakfast Club earlier. I believe it was you. The Breakfast Club for me has a huge nostalgia factor, and I have a hard time saying it's not Pantheon. But it's not Pantheon. It's been nominated. It didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, for for many reasons. And if I when I go back and I watch it with a critical eye, I see all the reasons that other people say. It's not Pantheon. I see them. I don't yeah. ignore them. But I consider the X factor of that movie much higher yeah. than other people might. Because it's it hits me in the old heartstrings, you know, right in yeah. the feels. But this movie's more than that. It's much more than that. If somebody was to remake The Breakfast Club today, it wouldn't look like that. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have the same feel. Yeah. It, it wouldn't even be filmed the same way. I think if somebody refilmed The Princess Bride, you would get a lot of the same choices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was just trying to like I don't have an answer to it, but I was trying to think of uh, movies that I would put in my category, my camp of like, um, like they're nostalgic movies. But mm-hmm. if I go back and watch them, they're kind of like huh, a little bit like I like you want to top off here. Yeah, 
that's good. Where's she going? Like, one of those movies that I went back and forth on was Beastmaster, which I loved as a kid. Oh, Highlander! 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 Listen, Highlander would be hard for me to say no to. Infinitely quotable, amazingly done. All of these ridiculous re... Why does the Spaniard speak like a Scottish guy and the Scottish guy speak like a... What is that all about? But still... Uh, you, uh, you, you say like is this a pantheon movie i'm like yes no <laughs> yes i loved it at one time at one time and i still do and i like it a lot but it was like come on man they ruined highlander with all the sequels in the tv series man all right oh yeah now okay if we were chatting about the princess diaries though Okay, let's just kind of let's just play this out. We started with Princess Diaries. <laughs> would that, let's would that make, just skip yeah. all the in between talk and say, if you were to rate it down, run down the numbers, and you did your little tabulator and you came out with a yes or no, Pantheon or not, what would you vote? I would vote no, and I'd hate myself for it. I would vote no, and my daughter would hate me for it. <laughs> I, so would my wife. I, I legitimately do love. The Princess Diaries, and I and it's my it, it is my secret. I, I I don't want to say like my secret shame. It's not a it, shame, but it's uh, it is a movie where it's like if it's uh, if it comes on and I'm just flipping through, I'm like no, I'm watching that. The uh, I'm 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 down for some Genovian pears. Genovian pears. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie with, uh, oh doggone it, uh, she's. She came from this country little town, and uh, it's Reese Witherspoon. And she oh, goes, yeah, you know, Sweet Home Alabama yeah, or whatever. Sweet, yeah, yeah, I think it's Sweet Home Alabama. And she comes back, and it's her husband, but he's not quite her ex-husband yet because they haven't signed the papers. With the line, like, oh, you have a baby in a bar. In a bar. Yeah, that that's the movie. If that movie comes on, my wife will stop everything. Like, we're getting ready to walk out the door to go to a party. She's like... Wait, we're no longer. Sweet going Home to Alabama the- is on. I'm like, it's almost over. She goes, exactly, it's almost over. And then we're watching Sweet Home Alabama. That one and the one with uh, Princess Amidala when she has a baby in a Walmart and names the baby Maricus, uh, where the heart is. She cannot stop watching those two movies. The Princess Diary Diaries is the third movie that she will absolutely watch. All right, here on my list of movies that I will watch anytime ever that it's on. Okay. Demolition Man. Okay. I will watch <laughs> is Simon it, Phoenix. Is it Pantheon? <laughs> I don't want to have this discussion right now. <laughs> it's Pantheon in my heart. <laughs> uh, hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, God. You and I saw that in the theaters and we were blown away. We wouldn't see it on a lark. Princess Diaries. The um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, that's a great movie. I love that. That was one of those time movies. If loopers. it's on, I will watch it. And it's it. even a Tom Cruise movie, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there, there's there's some Armageddon. Oh, Armageddon. I watch it every time. If it's on, I'm watching it. By the it. way, I would nominate Armageddon Don't for Pantheon. I would nominate Armageddon for Pantheon and be crushed when Captain No said no. Yeah. The, uh, you're like, it's not realistic. Shut up, Captain No! Yes, it is. <laughs> you're not realistic. <laughs> what, what about you? Movies that you'll watch anytime they're on. Uh, Highlander is one. Oh. And uh, Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, which <laughs> is the slowest. Really? <laughs> I don't know why I have to watch this stupid movie. <laughs> but I watch it every dang time. And if 
any Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings movie is on, yeah. and I'm flipping through the channels. No, nope, I'll stop. That's on. That's what we were watching. Yep, those get they get drawn into those. That's fantastic. All right, ma'am. Any final comments before we close out our conversation? No, it was. You know what? This is a um, this is a bold choice. I hope the, it gets in. Uh, I hope it. I hope it gets in. The um, I, like. I have reservations because of the politics that are yeah, well, yeah. that go along with this movie, and people have voted against this movie before. And are they going to change their votes, or are they going to stay on their ground? Yeah, there are some new members of the council, though. Um, but in terms of like a celebration of movies, if I looked up on a special shelf and it had all the movies in DVD cases up or Blu-ray cases up, uh, VHS cases, Laserdisc, I don't care what you have them on, but or. Uh, and I saw the Princess Bride up there. I would not be upset. Nope. I would nope. not be like, oh, great. I mean, I see like, oh, yeah, no, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou is up there. So, <laughs> Dear God. Kyle. I, just, I think I just I'm lost just some of the peanuts. Love you, I've been... All right. Love you, Kyle. We are circling the drain right, All right. now. So, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. I know my friend Triple D hopes you also enjoyed the conversation. Let's pause for a second, Yes, though. sir. Thank you, Zach. Thank Again, you, Zach. Zach, this is a this was this is fantastic. I'm glad you got the chance to do this. We got the chance to do this last time. Uh, ours didn't make it in, but we're glad that you're here and part of the conversation. And you're one of our our our, our avid listeners to this uh, Pantheon Companion. So we yes, appreciate sir. you for that. We really and the do. gifts that you gave. Thank you. And uh, so so thank you for all of that. And I'm not sure how you knew I was almost out of Captain Morgan at my house, but uh, I am going to arm wrestle Triple D to take home the Captain Morgan tonight. So we'll see how that works out. But uh, I do appreciate as well, Zach, with all the joking and the, the Captain No and all of that stuff. <laughs> Doug just moved the rum to the other side of the table. <laughs> with all that, we do really appreciate, and, and we're happy that you got a chance to be a part of the nominating process. All right, Triple D, where can uh, Video Land find you? You're going to find me on the Facebook page. That's it. Facebook, on the yeah. Facebook. And you can find us on, you can find Adventures in Video Land on Instagram, on our website, adventuresinvideoland.com. But the conversation always begins and ends right here on Facebook. You have been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Video Landers. Genovia! Genovia! Genovia. <laughs> <laughs> How about, wait, wait, wait. As you wish. Well, that's pretty nice. As you wish. wish. Or how about this? We, we love you. you.